With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing podcast. My name is Kate Prusser and I am the managing editor of Lookout Landing. And today on the show, I will be joined by the usual, my co-host, John Troopin. Um, and we also have a special guest, right-handed pitcher, Art Warren, prospect in the Seattle Mariners organization. So we just kind of started talking and I hit record because he was just you know, kind of freestyling a little bit in the pre-show conversation. So let's get right to it. It's a really entertaining hour, and I think that you will learn a lot. Too broke to pay attention. Man, man. Yeah. Manless, manless. All I got is this ambition. A couple million make you stand different. They trapped the ball and so I ran with it. I'm like, manless, manless. All I got is this ambition. A couple million make you stand up. They dropped the ball and saw a rail with the game. So I start off by working out with them at uh, 6 in the morning and then go through um, my workout in the weight room and then I come home and sleep and then get up and pretty much just hang around all day. Um, but it feels like I've kind of been on the road a lot ever since I got done with the season. My girlfriend lives... Um, where I went to school pretty much over in the Ashland area. So mm-hmm. I'll go back there and visit her and her family. And then uh, when she's at work, I'll go work out at Ashland at their facilities and hang out with my pitching coach and head coach. And then when I'm not doing that, I feel like I'm with my friends. And uh, I was just over in Indiana. I just saw Mitch um, and Woody over there for the – they were at the coaches' convention. Um, yeah. Our head coach was getting inducted to the ABCA Hall of Fame. 
So me and about wow. 20 other players went over there and supported them for that. and So it was really cool. Um, so I feel like i just been kind of all over the place, really. <laughs> well, I mean, even from last year, right? Like, because you had the full season, you spring training, right, on the minor league side. Right. You weren't in big league camp last year, right? Right. So you had spring training on the minor league side. Then you go to, you have a full year in Modesto. Then you have the playoffs there. So that extends. <laughs> then you go to the AFL. Then you have the playoffs there, right? I, <laughs> when it, was was, a, it was a long year, that's for sure. A long year, but a, a good year, and certainly a, a big step forward for you. It's a huge step. It was it was awesome. Um, it feels like a blessing, honestly. I mean, I, just looking back on it, I remember telling, you know, like when Festa and uh, Deeks would we'd all go to the field, and I remember telling them, like, it's not going to hit me that we won our Cali <laughs> championship until like, I'm sitting on the couch at home sometime next month. And at this time, it would have been December. And I'm like, it's not going to hit me until I'm sitting there and be like, holy cow, we just won a Cali championship. And then little did I know that we would go on and win the <laughs> Arizona Fall League championship as well. So it, it still hasn't really hit me yet that, that uh, we've won two championships. Yeah, you're going to have to get an extra hand for all them rings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> Just keep piling them on. <laughs> until you cannot move, until you have to have like a little cart to exactly. uh, put your hands on to wheel around <laughs> under the weight of all of your rings. You know, I think uh, it's funny. Uh, when Gerard Dyson showed up last year, um, he I, actually, I think it was during maybe the Mariners Fan Fest, he was he was on the stage and he was telling him he, he dropped he coined this term everywhere I go the champagne flow <laughs> and so me and like me and yeah. Darren we loved that because when we at that time we were in Bakersfield and we had just clinched in the playoffs in Bakersfield and uh, we clinched in uh, in Kane County with uh, the Lumber Kings. So Darren and I had both just been on two playoff teams <laughs> our first year, and we were like, we were wanting to coin that term as well. So we thought that was pretty cool. But then, for like you know, it, it carries over and again to this year, and we go and we're in the playoffs again, and you know, we win the Arizona Fall League. So I'm kind of thinking maybe I should coin that term everywhere I go. The champagne flow. Maybe Jerry will. Maybe Jerry will be like, hey, this guy's a winner. Let's put him up in the big place. <laughs> um. Tell us a little bit about your background um, at, so you went to Ashland, which is a D2 school, right? Yep. Uh, were you playing in championships there? Is that, so you know, I, does, does the champagne flow stretch back to when it was apple cider flow? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were conference champions, so that was cool. So yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, <laughs> but we went to regionals and, and we unfortunately lost, so we didn't make it to the Division Two College World Series, but uh, we did win a conference championship, so. So yeah, I mean, winning does stretch back to that. Uh, I would say it doesn't go back any further than than <laughs> that, though, because I was beat in high school to go to state, and then um, at Cincinnati, we we were like maybe I don't even know, like maybe fifteen and whatever over the course of the two <laughs> oh. years that I was there. We just Oof. we we didn't win a lot, and so it started. I guess I started a. Uh, a winning trend when I transferred to Ashland. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, 
just sort of how you came to baseball and why you chose Ashland and everything. So obviously, you know, I started baseball at a younger age and uh, I was always into like football as well. So because yeah, you're huge, right? right. You were you an, an enormous, you were an enormous person. What do you go? Six, three, like six, si- four, six, three. And I was up to two forty six in the fall league. Okay, nice. so you look like a linebacker. You're a linebacker, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So I was always into football and baseball growing up. And um, when I got to high school, it was still kind of, you know, split. And then right around my sophomore year, junior year, I I started working out with Coach Held. Who, Tom Held's from Defiance over here in, in our area. And he's the head coach of John Neese, who pitched with the Mets. And the Pirates for a little bit. He's the head coach of Chad Billingsley, who's notorious sure. for being with the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he he has you know the likes of those guys, and so I started working out with him, and he got me you know to where I needed to be, to, and I was able to get a scholarship at Cincinnati, and so I think that's really when my drive for baseball kind of took off. I'd always favored baseball a little bit more than football, but I was. I was really into football as well, you know, I enjoyed playing that, but I wouldn't say it was until maybe my junior year of high school when I kind of started to realize that I could play at the, at the next level, and and so that's when I, you know, kind of shifted to just baseball, really only, and I didn't play football my senior year, I played for the St. Louis Cardinals scout team, um, so that was kind of when they really took off. And did you always prefer pitching, or did you did you have dreams of, of uh, professional hitting hitting as well? You know, I was committed to go to Cincinnati to do both, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't work out. When I transferred to Ashland, I was going to do both there. Mm-hmm. But I, I tore my UCL, so I decided uh, it would just be better just to pitch only. But I did have aspirations to do both. I, I loved hitting. Um, some people in our area always said that they thought me being a hitter would would be my ticket to the next level as opposed to pitching. So um, you kind of always just wonder, you, you know, what would have yeah. happened if I would have hit. But then I go out in there and I see, you know, my teammates throwing 96-mile-an-hour T-seams, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know, it, no it was easier to hit back in high school. I don't think I could hit that now. <laughs> For sure. Um, so coming into baseball then, did you expect to get drafted? When did the Mariners take you? Tell, take us through your draft day a little bit. Okay, I'll answer that first part first. Uh, if I expected to get drafted, I didn't. I had, had no like expect. I did not expect to get drafted at all, really, because just the way my college career went, for me, not pitching very much, not pitching well at uh, Cincinnati, and then transferring to Ashland, um, you know, going down to D two, not having very many innings logged in in my college career, which means scouts didn't have really a good chance to see me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't throwing, you know, the velocity that I was until. I transferred to Ashland, so I just, I really had no idea if I was going to be drafted or not, so I just, I didn't really think about that, to be honest, I just kind of kept working hard and just kind of dreamed about it, um, and then it fell into place when I uh, went down to Florida after I rehabbed for a year of Tommy John, I was pitching against uh, Mike Trout's cousin, Aaron Cox, who pitched at Gannon, uh, Gannon University in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, and, Gannon. Yeah, so there was... Uh, I think there was like right around 20 scouts there, and it just happened to be a Mariner scout, uh, Devin. So Devin was there, and he saw me, and he told the area scout at the time, Jake Catalano, that he needed to follow me. 
you know, the rest of the year. But I had no idea that the Mariners were following me. I never heard anything from the Mariners. Like, I, you know, we got the typical questionnaires, and, you know, there was a couple scouts that came and saw me and met with me at, at Ashland. But I never heard once from the Mariners up until a few days before the draft, and that's when Jay called me and introduced himself and told me he's been following me. And I was like, oh, really? Because I had no idea. Like, why did you, why did you think about saying something, you know, <laughs> back in April, man? So that was kind of news. And, uh, and so then it took off from there, and then he called me the night before the draft and said they have this amount of money and kind of how it all works. And next day they, they decided to take me. So that was kind of cool. Um, and I, I remember getting a text from a Philly scout. I won't drop his name, but he told me, he texted me and said, that, <laughs> quote, unquote, damn Mariners, you are our next pick. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, that must have felt good. Uh, yeah, so that was cool. Um, it was an awesome experience. My mom, my friends, my family, they were around me. And so I remember my mom kind of, she was so excited that she wanted to take our picture. She fell over the chair. It was always a funny story in our living room because it was just kind of like, you know, the rush of emotions for everybody. It was really cool. My friends really enjoyed it. My best friend's a Mariners fan for some reason. We gave, wow. we gave him a hard time. Yeah, I don't get it. You know, we're from Ohio. We're from, you know, we have the Cubs, the White Sox, the Reds, the Tigers, the Pirates all in our area. Yeah. And, and Indians. How are you a Mariners fan, man? So he loved each row. Back in the day, yes. and, and then obviously yes. Ken Griffey. So it was really cool to have my friend Jensen here to see that. So awesome Good. experience. I, I mean, and you have the Browns too. I know you, that you were at a, a Browns game this year. Come on, don't hate on my Browns. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am not. I am admiring the mental, the the spiritual and emotional fortitude it must take to be a Browns fan. How it, it's tough. Some of them like. DeCarlo would give me a hard time. Like, why are you a Browns fan, man? You're like, he's you're just he's your an time. Eagles fan, right? Yeah, he's oh, enjoying the he, he's enjoying their spurt right now. I, I, I bet. <laughs> but uh, no, I I think it's cool because hopefully at some point, it, it, I mean, it may be when I'm 50 years old, but the Browns will be good, and it'll just be like, <laughs> I remember being a fan. Back when they were 0-16 and they're hosting parades for their losing season. <laughs> did you so, have any friends that were at that? Or did you no, know anyone that was there? I, I didn't know anybody that went there, but everyone knew about it. And everyone for really sure. couldn't believe that they were actually putting it on. Um, so oh, that was interesting. And so, yeah. so yeah, I think, like, you know, down the road it would just be cool to say, like, I was a devoted fan for X amount of years. And now <laughs> even if they just make a playoff appearance, it would be cool. You're, uh, put, you're putting your time in now. I'm putting my time in. And then, you know, say. one day in the future when you have your cart for your rings and you're rolling down the street. <laughs> you, can, you can share some with I can share you some. You can share that. some with Deshaun Kaiser. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say, you mentioned you play, you know, the, uh, during the downtime, there's a lot of video games and stuff. Do you play as the Browns in Madden? Do you I do. take that challenge on? Oh man, I See, do. That oh, is dedication. Wow. It is wow. dedication. Yeah, my. So we actually just had like it's it's kind of fun for us when I, when we come home. So my I have two cousins in the military. Um, mm -hmm. One was in the uh, Air Force and the other one's in the Marines. And sure. so my cousin Wes, who was in the Air Force, just finished up. Mm -hmm. And so he's back home now. But my cousin Dez is still kind of bouncing back and forth. So mm -hmm. but he gets to come home during Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, obviously with me being away from baseball, I get to come home during the holidays as well. So mm -hmm. we like to have, like, tournaments 
you know <laughs> absolutely and, and so we had a madden tournament and you know my my brother's using the steelers my uncle's using the saints my cousin's <laughs> using the redskins the ravens and then there's me with the browns <laughs> and they're like what are you doing man and so i go i go in and i run the table of course and i absolutely yeah so i mean madden madden is one of my better games madden and uh 2k so oh absolutely so uh you have family members who are in the military did that um when you played in the military appreciation game which i think was kind of in a lot of ways obviously we know who you are and we've been following you and been very excited about your progress right um but that really felt like a coming out party on i was watching with my dad and he was like who this guy's a mariner, <laughs> which is pretty exciting. So yeah. that was like a, a bit that really felt like a coming out moment for you on a really big stage. T- take us through that a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, you know it was really cool to get to pitch in that, to have the opportunity to play in that um, mm. game. You know, it was on TV. It was a military appreciation game. We're wearing the cool hats, right? Um, <laughs> you know, so that was just cool. And then, and to, I guess to go with that, my cousin. And his three military buddies, they just finished up their tour overseas, and they came down to Arizona, and they got to watch me pitch down in Glendale. So they got to watch me pitch a couple weeks before that. So it was really like, you know, a high moment in the the fall, you know, because they just got done serving. And now I'm like, man, you know, I'm I'm very appreciative of it. I get to pitch in this military appreciation game. So it kind of, you know, it gave me goosebumps thinking about that. When you look at that perspective, and so that was really, really awesome. And then also on top of it, getting a pitch in the game with my family members back home, watching on TV. I remember getting, like, my phone blew up. <laughs> and, I, and it was sure. like, you know, it was like maybe 1 or 2 a.m. back home. And they were like, you know, I stayed at B-Dubs. One of my friends stayed at B-Dubs for three hours to wait for me to go in the game. <laughs> and so, like, oh, that's, that stuff just humbles you, you know. It's like I have so many people back home supporting me, watching me. And for me to go out there and, and perform the way I did. I didn't expect to do that, um, <laughs> but that was really awesome. And so, yeah, I guess you could say it was a coming out party because you know then the Mariners tweeted at me, so I kind of <laughs> felt like I was che- obviously I was cheesing ear to ear. <laughs> so it was just really cool. It was an awesome experience, um, and that was a crazy that was a crazy game. If you guys remember, yeah. we were down right. We were down yes. four runs, and we came back and we tied it up. And then I believe it was, it was Folia that gave us the go ahead. Naturally. Run, run naturally, yeah. <laughs> so, so that was awesome. It was an unbelievable experience um, playing in that game. So, it was incredible because, like, like you said, you guys were down, and um, it's like, uh, no, I'd really been hoping because you weren't in the All Star game, the Fall right. Stars game, which was uh, something that sort of rankled at me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So I was like, oh, this is this is Art's chance. He's going to get to go in. You know, we want to have him show up. And obviously, Festa got to show up in the Fall Stars game and looked amazing. Right. Um, so that was great. But, I, you know, I really wanted you to have that moment. So when they came back, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to put Art in. They're going to put Art in. <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, so you kind of blossomed into that role as the closer in Peoria. Obviously, there were... Um, you know, 
that was a crazy that that was a crazy stacked team. It was um, unbelievable. especially offensively. Yeah, talk tell us about uh you know, you have Michael Chavis and uh Acuna, obviously. Yeah. I mean that was Guria like that was nuts. What was it like going to the oh Urias, who is maybe my favorite non Mariners <laughs> prospect? Yeah. I, I mean the names just keep coming. What was that like going to the field and playing with those guys every day? It was cool. It, it was because you kind of you take yourself outside of that situation for a minute, and you're like, man, like if you if you have that perception of I'm just a bystander right now and I'm watching these guys, you're sitting next to like like you said, Ronald Acuna, Riley, uh, Austin Riley, who's going to be like the Braves third baseman every day in the future, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Chavis, you know, Josh Naylor, U- Urias, Giriel, and then the pitchers like T.J. Zoic. Um, Max Freed, who went Freed. off. Oh, yeah. he was he was nuts. And then, you know, I'm sitting down there with all these bullpen arms who are just phenomenal, too. And it's just like, man, you know, the list goes on and on. And then not to mention, you know, sitting there like with Felia, and you're like, I know Felia's good. <laughs> you know, I know it. Everyone, everyone else does not know that. I know it. And then you go see him, and then he goes off in the fall league, and you're like, this guy's a dude, too. So it's just really, really cool to, to be able to suit up with these guys and – it's going to be fun. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to play in this game, but at some point I'm going to be sitting on my couch watching these games. And it's cool because my host dad kind of gave me this perception as well. He said we were sitting there during Modesto, and he's like, yeah, I remember playing against this guy and that guy while we're watching MLB Network because he played with the Rockies organization. And I'm like, man, you know, that's something that's going to happen with me. And so I kind of kept that in the back of my mind. And in the fall league, I was like, you know, someday I'm going to be watching Ronald Acuna play when he's like 38 <laughs> years old, you know, <laughs> he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, it's just really, really cool to get that opportunity to play with these guys. And I know, like, me, Festa, and and uh, Gillies, and DiCarlo, we would just talk about that all the time, especially, like, Festa and DiCarlo. When we would drive back to surprise our house, it'd just be like, wow, like, these guys are unbelievable. You know, it's cool. And you're like, well, I'm here with them, you know. So, yeah. But you never you never talk about yourself. You never have, the, you know, you never do that. So it's just always cool to have the outside perception of, man, these guys are future, you know, could be Hall of Famers or future everyday all-stars. It's just like absolutely blessing to, to play with those guys. And they're good dudes, too. They're they're great guys. That's the thing. Like, you guys, you guys know, you're baseball people. You hear sometimes guys show up, other people, or, the, you know, the personalities are – little different these guys are all great dudes great dudes it seemed like the team just had an incredible chemistry you know i think you had a a snapchat by the way if you do not follow art on social media you should follow art on social media he's (laughs) extremely entertaining do you want to give the people your um insta or your snapchat yeah (laughs) that'd be cool uh so my my twitter name is at uh my my full name at arthur underscore warren there's no other numbers are involved. It's just pretty simple at Arthur underscore Warren, <laughs> and then my Instagram handle is let's see, same thing as the Twitter, Arthur underscore Warren, and then I believe my Snapchat is uh, Art Warren. Yeah, just Art Warren. No underscores in that one. So it's all pretty simple. There's no other numbers included into it. Well, I really enjoyed uh, getting to follow along, kind of like a little insider peek into the journey. Um, But I mean, just seeing these videos from the locker room of like, you know, guys, I have read tons of scouting reports on these sort of, 
prospect luminaries just like walking around and hanging out and you were all <laughs> signing each other's shirts on the last day. Uh, I just thought that was a nice moment of team chemistry. Yeah, we we clicked like right away. And I, I, I want to know, I, I kind of want to give credit to the Mariner guys because we would talk crap to each other. You know, hitters are always, they always click. The hitters all know each other. Um, so it's easy from that uh, aspect of the locker room. But like me and and Gillies and DeCarlo were were kind of like the leaders of of talking crap to each other. So we we're all giving <laughs> a hard time to each other as we normally do all year. And these guys they come in and they see that, and so that kind of like lightens up the mood a little bit, you know. It, it shows that you know. And we told them like you know at the end of the day we all love each other. It's just how we roll. And so I think that kind of lightened up the mood, and then we started branching off talking crap to the Red Sox guys and, you know, the Braves guys. And then eventually it kind of clicks. Like there's, like, one guy, Josh Graham, he's with the Braves, and he's a big hunter. And so him and Gillies were always talking about hunting, and I would just butt in, and and I would tell him, like, so what, you guys like to go in the woods and watch Bambi walk around? You know? So it's just stuff like that. You know, it lightens the mood, and it kind of breaks the ice. And we kind of fell into that mold as as, like, a – a really like a team, you know, that we've been playing together all season. So that's kind of something that we all noticed right away. Uh, I remember Michael Chavis kind of including that in one of his interviews as well. And so I think that's has a big reason that why we were able to go out and, and win almost every game and go out and win the championship together because we molded fairly well right off the bat. Yeah, it was a, it was really impressive because here's this team of guys who – don't know each other from Adam and you kind of throw them all in the room. And like you were saying, when it's a lot of guys who have a ton of prospect type, you know, you can have egos, you can have guys trying to show out and play for themselves. And uh, it just seemed like that wasn't at all a factor. Yeah, it wasn't. We all played together. Um, We didn't have any case of that at all. And and believe me, I looked for it. You know, I'm a smaller town guy. I'm not used to being in that stage. Mm. I looked for it, but I didn't find anywhere. And, and, I was just amazed. These I can't think of any more th- positive things to say about these guys. They're all I can't preach yeah. it enough. They were good dudes, and I and I loved it. It was an awesome opportunity to play with all of them. I'm I'm curious about something you mentioned, and and uh, maybe this is a little bit also of a transition on your uh, your baseball experience. But you know, you you came in as a starter, right? And and worked for a start as a starter uh, for a long time before transitioning to uh, the bullpen. Yeah, right. And so. I I know that you know as you mentioned you know when you're the the way that the team breaks down you know hitters are always spending a lot of time together position players are doing it, and you know pitchers are often having their own separate group and sort of in their own separate world but I think the bullpen is even <laughs> its own group separated from it, that so it is <laughs> <laughs> has 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 that been a strange transition for you or have you has as it been a, a sort of a good transition in in that regard as well as on the field well i've been pretty flexible like going back to to college with it i started in high school went to the bullpen in college went back to starting at ashland in between ashland and cincinnati i played uh summer ball for the lima locos and i was a bullpen guy there that's when like you know it really started to hit me with the whole bullpen relationships and because you know guys from all over from kennesaw state to Georgia, they all came down. They all came over here, and and we kind of molded together. So, I had that experience, and then when I went back to starting, you know, your starters together, you're sitting in the stands, you're charting, um, smaller group. Um, I would say that kind of helped me with the transition. Uh, it was a little different, obviously, in pro ball. Uh, you, you're throwing a lot more than you were, you know, in the summer ball. Yeah. 
experience that I had in, in college. You know, you play four times a week as opposed to pro while you're playing six times. So um, that, I think that helped me with the transition. Uh, I obviously enjoyed being a starter because the routine that I was able to have, like at, my, sure. at that time, Rich Dorman was my pitching coach, and he helped me out a lot with coming up with a really good quality pro starting routine. So I had, you know, my college routine was a little bit different, but Dor really showed me how to go about getting a good routine for the whole entire season as a starter. And then Ethan Katz helped me with that when I transitioned to the bullpen in, in Bakersfield. And I struggled a little bit, you know, just because I'm coming off of 20 starts or so, or maybe I think it was 15. Coming off of 15 straight starts, and then I go to the bullpen, and I start throwing a little bit more, coming in in different situations. I'm not really going through that routine that I developed. Um, so we worked on that. And then this year, Woody really, really helped me out with really coming up with a solid bullpen routine. And that's something that I lacked right away at the beginning of the season. I didn't have this routine that would help me be so successful down in low A. And so we we sat down and we discussed a routine out of the bullpen that I needed, some kind of template. And I think, you know, it started to good at good outing started to calculate up after that and roll into the fall league. So For sure. do you mind going into a little bit of what that routine is? Because I know, you know, we hear you know, we'll hear about like you know, in the past couple of years, you know, like Dan Altavilla and Edwin mm-hmm. Diaz as like, oh, this is a guy, you know, you'll hear from DePoto or something like, oh, we saw something that we thought this guy's stuff is going to play up in the bullpen and, you know, has more, they have more success, come up to the big leagues and, you know, it makes sense. Like, oh, now you're throwing harder. Right. You know, that that part is obvious, but, you know, the the stuff you talk about, about how you prepare, you know, normally when you're starting, you have you know, four hours of time to come, relax, stretch out, you know, versus getting ready in- instantly. So how how did you specifically uh, adjust to that new routine? Right. So, uh, well, as a starter, I had, you know, I pitch. The next day I come in and I do lower body and condition heavy on that day, right around like 14 pulls. I think Paul was having me do. That's okay. just kind of an idea. And you go and you throw uh, to 90 feet. The second day, you come back, you, you throw your side, you do upper body. That was just my routine. Mm-hmm. And then the then the, the running workload kind of trickles down as the week goes down. So um, that was kind of like, you know, the, the most important two days that I had in my routine. Sure. And then as a bullpen guy, I didn't really have the whole uh, routine of working out on a cer- certain day. It was just kind of like workout as I go, and it just kind of felt sloppy to me for a while. And then also, I like the long toss too. So as a starter, I love long tossing on my side day. And so, at coming out of the bullpen, I didn't know when to long toss. I didn't know if I was going to be up that day. Um, if I was going to be up in a couple of days, you just you don't know. So, I decided right around the All Star break that I was going to come up with this routine of of uh, on one day. So if I were to pitch, let's say I pitch, you know, on a Friday night, Saturday I'm going to come in, I'm going to throw. 90 feet, I'm going to work out my entire, like, I'm going to do a full body workout. That way I can, you know, get everything in. Um, And then if I was up the next day, I'm ready to go. Um, But it went from pitching to working out the next day and throwing back to, like, 90 to 120 feet. And then the the second day, I long tossed. I made sure I got my long toss in, even if I was going to be up that night. Mm -hmm. Um, So right away, I was throwing two innings, so I kind of knew I would have two days off. So it's a little bit easier to work with that. 
But towards the end of the year, when we started to get closer to the playoffs, it was you pitch one day, off day, and then you pitch in the next day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I still stuck to that routine. I think that helped me um, yes. feel more prepared mentally uh, heading into all those outings. You were doing some uh, really high leverage work, too. Uh, it just seemed like in both Modesto and in the AFL, um, when the team was in a spot where they needed something locked down, you were the guy, you were the call. Um, so did having that consistent routine kind of help you with the mindset? Because I can't imagine anything more terrifying, honestly, than going out <laughs> with the game on the line and being told like, okay, this is this is yours, deliver us safely. Um, so did that, just having that routine kind of, how do you how do you slow your heartbeat before you go out to do something like that? Um, I think it, it came with experience, that's for sure. Um, it wasn't easy right away. I struggled with it in the beginning of the year, but also I cut a lot of it to like working out. When I work out, I try to uh, I try to work out and and also prepare like what I'm doing in the weight room is going to be more difficult than what I'm doing on the mound or what situation mm-hmm. I'm going to be on the mound. So that help that mentally helps me be like, okay, you know, I, I've gone through something harder than this, than you know, than coming out and getting the last three outs, even though that's that's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it, but those are the kind of mental tricks you have to play on yourself, right? It, it is, yeah, and I think that helped. That was kind of like my trick, you could say, that helped me mentally prepare, mentally be confident, and go out there and be like, okay, you know, and then also you have to have this mindset of my strength versus his strength. And so um, that's something that Woody told me in the middle of the year because I was kind of struggling. I'm like, okay, I have a good fastball, but these guys are good fastball hitters. Or they, mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of helped me mentally shift away from that fear and go more aggression, you know, in, in the attack mode. And so I think those are little tricks or mental cues that help me kind of slow my heart down. It really has just come down to like you know breathing and just having the the mental confidence that look, I'm gonna. I'm going to get us out of this situation. I'm going to close it down. You know, whatever situation I'm in, I'm going to succeed in it. So. Um, it also helps when you are throwing mid upper nineties, uh, with a, <laughs> <laughs> with two other super nasty off speed pitches. Uh, I mean that sequence closing out the, uh, was it the championship game that you closed out? Which championship game? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 most, the refrain of all Mariners fans <laughs> dream of. Which yes. championship yes. game was it? <laughs> I was thinking of the AFL one because obviously that was the one on TV, right? Uh, where it was just you just ha- you just hammered the, you just hammered those guys. Uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> It was just, you were just executing at will at the end of, I, I believe, yeah, that was the championship game, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, yeah, so I, I can imagine that that, and it sort of seems like it, it, once you get through that first hitter, that it builds your confidence even a little, like, oh, I can I can beat these guys, I've got this. It does. Uh, the first out was always the hardest, you guys know that. Um, mm-hmm. So when you get that out, you know. This, the statistics say that you're going to get out of the inning, you're going to put up a zero when you get the first hitter out. And so that's something that we kind of spoke about in, back then, in minicamp last year. Andy McKay drew up this whole uh, thing on the bo- on the whiteboard of uh, percentages of first pitch strikes, OO counts, O one counts, getting the first hitter out, uh, all that good stuff. So 
you know, when you actually kind of think about that and you and you focus in on getting the first guy out, it makes the inning a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Not much, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit easier <laughs> because these guys are good hitters. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know that that helps. Um. So yeah. Um. And the point. Uh. I'm. I'm curious. Sir, you mentioned Andy McKay. So, a lot of what we have available to us is sort of reading between the lines on little details and little, you know, whispers and, oh, you know, they're, the, the organization is focusing on this or, you know, whatnot. But See the Z. It, yeah, See the Z. Z, Z exactly. <laughs> you know, but have there been specific things, you know, you mentioned that, you know, emphasizing first pitch strikes and, and the importance of getting that, you know, getting ahead and things like that. Um, have there been specific things that the Mariners organization or the coaches there have really emphasized as organizational philosophies that have been impactful for you or for the teams that you've been on in particular? I think, yeah, the, I think we really honed in on C the Z. We had a, throughout the organization, every month they'd post these percentages and it was ranks. And so it was whoever finished in the, you know, the top X percentage would be entered into a, uh, like a like a playoff bracket you could say and you'd have a uh, rank so we had like lj newsom was like number one <laughs> um and then i came in at like number eight and so and and whoever won that gets an invite to big league camp and so that kind of motivates you and, and yeah so like that you know that <laughs> highlights that and it kind of it brightens up that whole um mentality of, of getting ahead of working on the o uh pitches working on getting to oh one uh, being the one-one warrior, where you get you know one-one one-one count, you're getting to one-two. Mm-hmm. So you really kind of you focus on that a little bit more because you know you go through and you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that'd be nice. <laughs> but do you really like focus on it? Do you really work on it? Do you really take the time, you know, every day to throw a flat ground and and try to get your you know pitches around the strikes a little bit more? Probably not. Well, this I think helped me because and I'm competing too, you know. And then I really started to see the success that I had. When you look at the numbers, you're like, holy cow, man, you know, like, this is my, you know, whip, my ERA when I'm 0-1 versus 1-0, and that's a big difference. And so I think that kind of helped me have a little more success in the second half, was really working on that. And then I found myself, like like I said, in the playoff bracket. So that was really kind of cool. And, and I know, like, a lot of guys, a lot of our bullpen guys, we were we were all fired up. We were, you know, we were competing against each other. And so that was really cool. So I think that that helped us, and then also on the hitter side, uh, Jordan Cowan won ours, and so oh. uh, yeah, it was Jordan Cowan versus like Braden Bishop for a while, and so you know a lot of the hitters. I remember guys coming in saying, "Hey, is that a PTPA?" <laughs> you know, so <laughs> like if you think about it, that that we were we were all about that C to Z, and I think yeah. that helped us a lot. You know, Felia was the the greatest in the world at it. Um, so it, it, he helped out a lot of guys, and a lot of guys were motivated behind him on the hitters aspect. And then we had like you know for the for a little bit we had Pablo uh, Lopez who was just mm. pounding the zone, throwing nothing but strikes, and so that kind of motive and Niter too. So they kind of led the starters, and then we had Festa and like Spencer Herman were more of our strike throwers in the bullpen, you know. And then those guys would come in and kind of lead the way for us. And so I really think that that helped us, you know, have as a lot of success both on the pitching aspect and the hitting aspect of seeing the Z. It sounds like that's a positive competition, too. Like, it's not one guy trying to elbow out somebody else, but it sounds like it was like a just motivated the whole locker room and almost sounds like it brought you guys together. It did, because if you think about it, you know, as a hitter, 
the PTPA. They come in and they're like, oh, did I get the PTPA? Kind of selfish, but and if you look at it, he got he moved the runner over. So like, let's say there's a runner on first, you know, and, and Joey Coletta's up and he hits a sack fly to right field, or I guess, let's say he's on second, hits a sack fly to right field, <laughs> runner tags up to third. That's a PTPA. You know, he didn't get a he didn't get a hit, but he wants a PTA PTPA, which is kind of selfish, you know, on his aspect. But it helps the team as well. So you're right, it is. It is a uh, a positive competition between us, you know, because it kind of helps out both. You know, everyone's a little bit of um, selfish. You know, everyone has it in them, but at the same time, you know, your will for being selfish by trying to get to OO or trying to get you know your PTPA move runner over helps the team in the long run. So it brings it back to being all about the team. I mean, it's right in the name, productive team play. Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> Um, so kind of thinking about the, we talked earlier about how connected that Javelina squad was, uh, that Modesto squad seemed pretty connected as well. Um, what was that like just being there for the full year? And, um, you guys had a series of pretty incredible runs. And I know that there was some, you know, with Bishop getting promoted with Nider getting promoted, there was some in and out there, there were trades, um, but it really seemed like there was a core of guys who saw that season all the way through. You were one of them. Right. Um, I, th- I think a lot of it has to go with playing together last year. Uh, a lot of us played together. Actually, there's a group of us that moved up from rookie ball, like myself, Pablo, uh, Nidert, and a couple other guys. We moved up from rookie ball together. And then there was a lot of Everett guys that played together. And so there was two, essentially two groups molding into one into Clinton. And then that Clinton group went up into high last year with the Modesto so we've all played together essentially for the last three seasons mm. and so we kind of hope to keep that trend going into next year but you become more than just teammates you become brothers um, and so I think that definitely helps you know you want to play a little bit harder for that guy next to you yeah you did, yeah there we did have some turnover in the middle of the year and it affected us uh, but then we, you know, Mitch got us together down in Lake Elsinore, and he he, he was real with us about it. You know, he said there are, there are going to be trades. There's guys moving up. There's guys that are not going to move up. That's just the way it goes. And he said that doesn't mean you know you guys got to quit. You guys don't have to continue trying to play like you're going to move up. You know, uh, that's just how it went for us. And our team got picked apart. Um, and we were all pretty upset about it because we we were like you know you could say the dream team. We were we were rolling at that point right before. Yeah. Uh, Braden and Nick and Chris Mariscal got promoted and then uh, Lucas Giraldi and Pablo get traded and so that just it's, it's another blow and so we were kind of tore up for a minute there but then we we caught steam heading into August and we all rolled through and I think you know I'm going to keep bringing up Fully. I think a lot of it maybe had to do with Eric Fully. he was such a great leader um, and clubhouse guy he was he was given the option to go up to double a or stay. Yeah. He was given the option to go up to double a when Chris and Braden got promoted, but he elected to stay with the team. Um, I think maybe that has to do with his kids, but you know, that, that says a lot about Eric. He wants to be with us. He wants to be around his family. So him being a family guy rubbed off on us and it brought, it brought us, (laughs) it brought us, it brought us together again. And we were able to, like I said, catch steam and go into the playoffs and just absolutely cruise through the playoffs. I think all that is credit to Mitch. Mitch did an unbelievable job again the second year. 
uh, as my manager of getting us to become a family right away from the start. It wasn't as difficult as it was last year because Mitch didn't know it last year in Loe, but, you know, he had pretty much the same group in Clinton and Modesto. And so we all know his philosophy, his mentality, his passion for kind of creating us as a family. And so I think all that is credit to Mitch and Woody and, and Jim Pankovitz. Mitch, uh, just to clarify, when you talk about Mitch, you're talking about Mitch Canham. Canham? Yep. Yep, Mitch Canham. Who is a Oregon State alum um, from the sort of greater Seattle area. So somebody who a lot of Mariners fans are pretty familiar with just because he's a local guy, but seemed to be uh, tremendously popular as a coach. I've seen a lot of your teammates giving him accolades as – um, a huge part of your success. Yeah, Mitch is he, he's awesome to play for. Um, he goes about his business in a very professional way, and I think what we enjoy is he he treats us like men. You know, we're not in college anymore, and so you know he doesn't treat us like we're college players where he's got to kind of baby us, make sure we're doing this and that. He treats us like men, men and. Uh, he goes through it with us too. It's not just like, hey, guys, go out there and take PFPs. Well, I'm going to sit in my, you know, office and work on the lineup for, mm. you know, the next couple hours. He's out there doing it with us. He's shagging with us with the pitchers. Um, he's talking to us. He has relationships with every single player. Um, even though I wasn't a big fan of it, but we had our player development meetings, and he was always making sure that we were on the same page. <laughs> uh, so, like, you know, he he puts in the work and the small detailed things and. His family was always around. His kids were in the locker room. So he just has a really good vibe about him, like, you know, the whole family aspect. That's what he preaches. That's what he, he wants to, I guess, coin his legacy on when he when he's done coaching is how he was able to bring teams to become a family and play together and, and not become uh, boys but become men and good men outside of the baseball field. So Mitch was always on top of us about community service. Um, so I think he's just a great leader. You know, for us right now, it's someone nice to have in the Mariners, or Mariners organization. I think we're pretty lucky to have him in there. So you can see why, you know, everyone has nothing but good things to say about Mitch. Mm-hmm. For sure. And also why Modesto won, you know, <laughs> they won not just on the field, but off the field as well. Uh, they got recognized for community service. Uh, Modesto gave them a community service award, organization of the year or something like that so like the city of modesto yes 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 yeah. right uh and the cal league also recognized right. them so uh I, I did have a question because you mentioned it a little bit and i i i don't want to push too hard on it but you know having so many people in the organization be you know traded or be moved around you know you mentioned that that was tough for a while and you guys were able to band together about that but you know does that have an impact on how you you know go about your day-to-day or how you you know you as an individual or you guys as teammates uh you know interact because you know i from the major league perspective it's it's easy to see sort of like okay well these are prospects or this is, you know, this type of prospect. And, and, you know, it's, it's easy to differentiate, you know, to separate that as just like, well, somewhat, you know, you can view it in like a, Oh, these are a bunch of interchangeable pieces, but each of these are different individual teams made up of individuals. And 
as a group, I feel like when you're having people taken out and switched out, that has to be impactful on your on your morale at a certain point. So how how do you guys manage that experience? I guess being an, in the Jerry Depotos. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean I, I understand that. Uh, I think a lot has a lot has to go to uh, just keeping the same mantra of being a team. Um, if you start thinking about that too much you know you start to play for yourself um you start to wonder like am i going to be traded who's going to be traded next and that gets away that gets in the way of what you're really trying to accomplish you're trying to go out there and just win games i mean that's what it's all about you can't we like to have this um term in the mariners organization of control what you can control Mm -hmm. and so if you think about it i mean you can't control you know who's going to get traded or not it may be for the better you know the big league team and that's what they tell us too and and it makes sense you know you want to win at the big league level you know that's what it's all about and so um we understand that sometimes you know players need to go uh, but it did it crushed us you know because like i said we're a family we've played together for the last couple yeah. of years so you know we're more than just teammates now like these guys are my friends and so you know when i see like Chiraldi go you know it kind of crushes you and I know, like, it really it, it made a huge impact on, like, on Spencer Herman because Spencer and, and Lucas played together for the last four years, you know, practically every every level together. And so when you see, you know, a guy like that get traded, that'd be like, you know, next year Darren and I get traded from, you know, one another. We played together for the last mm-hmm. four seasons, three years, four seasons. Mm-hmm. So it, it, takes, it takes an impact on you, that's for sure, um, because you're like, yeah, you know, like, this is, you know, you look past the whole baseball aspect. You're like, this is my friend, man. You know, like, mm-hmm. I love this guy. And so it, it does kind of make an impact on the team. Like I said, it, it tore us up for a minute there. But um, it goes back to, you know, I got to credit Mitch again. He brought mm-hmm. us together. And then, you know, we all welcomed, like, Brian Bennell with open arms. Mm-hmm. He just came in oh, from yeah. the race. Yeah. yeah uh, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when, when Bonnie came in, you know, it, it took a minute. He was a little quiet, obviously. But we were really good about, you know, welcoming in with warm arms, um, giving him a hard time, breaking the ice with him. And then, you know, within a week, you're like, holy cow, this guy, I feel like I've been playing with him the last couple of years. So I think a lot has to go with, like, the group of guys that we had on the team as well. A lot of good dudes. Um, so you're right. It does take a, an impact on the team when guys get traded. It, it's But it's out of your control, and you kind of just got to play through it. And it's part of the game too, you know, so. Mm-hmm. So, we we've talked about the success you've had. We've talked about sort of the the, the pathway uh, that you you've followed so far. What what are you excited about for this next year? I guess what what, what are your goals? Uh, you know, having finally finished. You know, for for us as as fans, it feels like there hasn't been baseball for <laughs> ages. Right. But I feel like you must have been in the sense of like, oh, I have a month where I'm not. <laughs> I'm not getting called on every other day to pitch. Right. But but <laughs> now that you're maybe transitioning into looking looking forward, you know, what what are your goals and what are you looking forward to for this year? Uh my goals are to have a, a really good spring training, leave a mm-hmm. good impact on the major league coaching staff, um, mm-hmm. show them that I can go out there and I can compete at that level. Where uh, so you will be in big league spring training. Right. We are yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I don't know if you've heard yet, but you're going to big league spring training. <laughs> Kate was Kate was so mad when you <laughs> read. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> uh, I had to. It was, it was an opportunity for me to do it. I had to. I wish I could have seen your face. <laughs> she was like, uh. I'll, I'll send you a snap. Yeah. <laughs> it was picture Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone like this. Yeah. With both hands on the chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was me. Uh, so you're headed off to big league camp. Uh, what are you going to be working on? Uh, I'll probably just get back in the swing of things. Honestly, just um, having rhythm in my uh, my my mechanics, just feeling good, um, getting back to finishing pitches, stuff that I, I ended the fall league on. Um, keep working on my slider that I developed last year. Um, and then just kind of you know, just pound the zone right away. I think that's the biggest thing when you get back to throwing is just, just being around the zone. It's not about um, how you know how fast you can throw unless you're Tiago Vieira, who just naturally <laughs> throws a thousand miles an hour. But <laughs> for me, right away, I guess my first step will be you know work on pounding the zone, and then the velocity will come back. You know, the, as I start to build up the arm strength. Um, also, another goal would be to uh, I don't want to assume, you know, so I, I want to break camp with uh, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, the double-A team, mm-hmm. and then uh, have a good, you know, couple months there, and, and obviously my goal every year is, is to try to move up halfway through the year, uh, but when you break it down, I just kind of want to put together first half, and then whatever happens, happens from there. Um I don't want to try to look too much into that because then I start getting over my head and, and all that. So I want to <laughs> keep it simple. But, yeah, those are my, my, I guess, my first couple goals now. And then, obviously, another goal is always to stay healthy throughout the year. Sure. And uh, I guess my, the biggest goal would be to, to make my debut at some point this year. I think that would be a pretty amazing experience. <laughs> and, um, Seems like a fair bet. Right. And so you, you just never know, you know, this being my 40-man year, uh, if they're going to protect me. Um, if they're not going to protect me, you know, upset. that's over my head. I don't know. But, you know, I hope I get an opportunity <laughs> heading into heading into next year, at some point this year, to, to get to the big leagues. And Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too worried about the guy who throws upper 90s <laughs> with three solid pitches, who can work in a multi-inning role, not getting protected on the 40-man. Right. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm no expert. <laughs> <laughs> but, but say I think well that's got to be exciting too first of all I know you're probably excited to get out of the Cal League because that is uh, punishing yes it is pitchers I... especially. <laughs> I'm very excited Arkansas will be a nice change but yeah that's I, I mean I know starters love starting but sort of w- with where the game is headed right with um, the growth of relief pitchers, and I don't know if you have been paying attention to the off season. There has not been a lot to pay attention to, but them, <laughs> them relievers getting paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> I, so. I noticed that. Like Wade Davis <laughs> signing a fifty-two million dollar contract <laughs> yeah. for three years. I'm like, holy yeah. cow. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's not. It's maybe not quite so. Uh, it's a little more attractive to be a reliever in today's game. I feel like. Um, and and it maybe hastens your jump. You know, you have to have looked at guys like Diaz and Altavilla making the jump straight out of Double A. So, uh. absolutely, yeah. I think those two guys kind of stick out to me. And also like Vieira and Pagan, who mm-hmm. they went up Triple A for a little bit, and then they they made their debuts from Triple A. But th- those kind of four guys, I feel like I'm very similar to those four guys, and so I kind of hope that I'm on the same path. Um, if it if, that, if it's the route of Pagan and Vera where 
I'm in double A for a little bit and then go up triple A and then quickly make my debut after that or just make the straight jump like Altavia and uh, and Diaz. I think that'd be be super ideal for me now i don't know if that's in their plans but <laughs> we'll have to see but yeah i think that'd be cool and it gives me hope you know it gives me hope it gives my teammates hope um so so i think we all kind of pay attention to that not just myself but everyone in the organization sees those those four guys as okay you know i could possibly follow in suit of those guys I'm sorry, uh, I, John asked what you were excited about, and I completely <laughs> made, you, oh, yeah. I made you talk about baseball and and, <laughs> and hard uh, stuff. But let's have a fun question for Well, I, I was curious, since you, I imagine, you know, having, you know, when you're going down to Arizona and, you know, there's only so much baseball you can fit into the day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you mentioned you, you ran the table on your own family. Uh, <laughs> who, who are you excited about? Or who, who do you think is the, is the stiffest competition that, uh, that you're going to face when you're down in spring training uh, or 2K? Right. So spring training is always fun um, <laughs> because we get, uh, like, Andrew Moore will come, come down and play with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Wilcox will come down and play with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's always fun. Wilcox and Wilcox would be my toughest battle in 2K. Okay. Um, actually, Who, who's your team? Are you your Cavs or or? Yeah, I definitely got to go okay. with the Cavs, okay. which is kind of like cheating, you know. It's like using the Cavs versus the Warriors. Um, well, but like, I feel like if you take the Browns in Madden, you are entitled to take yeah. the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, we haven't really played Madden as much. Um, mm-hmm. But I know DeCarlo's been hounding me. He wants an opportunity to play <laughs> against me. He yeah, wants to so play as the Eagles. He wants to use the Eagles. So sure, I'm going to have to. Sure. I'm gonna you have just got to tell him that's fine, but, you know, you got to play with the live rosters, right? You know, <laughs> exactly. Nick, Fo- Nick Foles, baby. Nick Foles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to remind him that I run the table in Madden. <laughs> uh, oh. And how's your pool game? Is it Because I know that's always been a big thing at Mariner's spring training. Have you spent any time in the big league? Were you called up at all last year? No, I've never, I've never pitched in the big league spring training games. Oh, so you're going to be on TV sometimes, and you're going to be in a clubhouse <laughs> with, like, Robbie Cano and Nelson Cruz. Like. With Robinson Cano and his seven phones that he's, <laughs> const- like, simultaneously maintaining conversations. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be cool. I got to kind of, you know, play it off like I'm not starstruck, but, you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously I'm going to. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. Uh, something Ian Miller told us that was pretty cool was when he was in big league spring training last year, um, guys like, like Gerard Dyson made time for him and gave him some base stealing tips. So whose ear would you really like to bend in spring training? Uh, I've kind of already cheated, I guess. I've been doing that a little <laughs> bit already. Uh, no, it's funny you say Gerard Dyson because Gerard actually spoke with me a little bit. I was talking to Tony Good. Zick in the hot tub in the cold tub last year about just pitching inside and just pitching in general just you know hearing from a big leaguer mm-hmm. and Gerard comes in and, and he's like oh well here talk to Gerard about it you know Gerard how do you feel about when a guy establishes the inside part of the plate and so he broke that down for me and then King Felix walks in <laughs> and, and Zick's like hey or Gerard is like hey tell this guy about pitching inside and Felix is, was short and sweet he goes <laughs> he goes throw inside it. it's my plate don't give hitters any credit <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like you know kid, I was like you know Felix it's easy for you to say that man <laughs> I'm not as talented as you are <laughs> no but um, I, I look forward to picking 
uh, James Paxson's ear a little bit more. I've talked mm. to um, Paxson. He's been he's been really open with me the last couple of spring trainings. I don't know why. I don't think he knows who I am. Because <laughs> he's like this guy. It's that Canadian knife. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Paxson, yeah, he, he's always got, you know, a lot of knowledge to tell me. And, and he just, I mean, he. The stuff that he tells me about pitching it just blows my mind. Like, I never thought of it in that perspective, or um, so I look forward to, to talking to Paxton a little bit more. Obviously, Felix, and then some of the bullpen guys. You know, I want to talk to the new guy that we just signed, Juan Niasco. Juan Nicasio. Nicasio, yeah. yeah. And then also like Altavia and Diaz, and uh, <laughs> I want to learn from like those guys because those guys are right around my age. Especially, like, I feel like I can relate a lot to uh, to Dan. So I really want to pick his brain while I yeah, can. Yeah, coming out of a D2. Making yeah, exactly. So I feel like we're very similar. No, mm-hmm. his stuff's probably a little bit better than mine. <laughs> but, it's you know, it's the same mindset, kind of like, you know, power guys, um, aggressive. Um, so I kind of want to pick his brain and, and hear what he has to say. So I'm looking forward to that. It, I had that mindset going into the fall league. It was like I'm coming in with open ears. Um, I want to learn, you know. So yeah. I kind of want to take that into spring training as well. Between between Altavilla and Nicasio, I think you can get very good tips on taking bicep enhancing mm-hmm. uh, Instagram uh, photos. <laughs> that that much I know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that was the first like when we when that signing came through, we were like, okay, like we don't really know that much about this dude. Like, yeah, like he's good. Look him up. We look him on the first like photo we found on him on Instagram was just him mean mugging <laughs> in the gym, like a, an extra medium tank top. <laughs> Oily. He was also oily. Well oiled. He was glistening like, like a Christmas ham. Yeah. And and like he's got a tattoo of Jesus on his right bicep that I've never seen Jesus bigger. <laughs> Just like he's extra large. It is fantastic. Anyway. Yeah, I so. guess we'll know how much time you've spent with Nicasio and Altavilla by like the size of your quads and your biceps. Yes, I, I do need to take some. I do need to take some lower body tips from Dan. I saw him. I remember watching him squat like last year, and he was just repping out like five fifteen or something like that. Like it was nothing. And I'm like. And everyone around them is just like, this guy's an animal. He's a freak. <laughs> you know? But So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to, to getting some lifting tips from those two guys. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, Art, you are such a pleasure. What a joy. And we are so happy to have you as part of the Mariners organization and so excited for all of your success and everything that's coming forward for you next year. Uh, it's cool to see you start to get some recognition uh, I am a big fan of the fine art nickname that MLB Pipeline gave you. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah? Are, are, are you down with fine Because you know if you make the show, when you make the show, uh, there's going to be nicknames aplenty. And art, I can't, Arthur is, art is not a common name. I can't think of a lot of other guys I know around your age who are named art. Yeah, it's it's really not. It, so, yeah, but I do like the fine art. That's fine cool. Fine art was yeah. <laughs> Really, I, was, I was into art back in high school, and then I kind of, I got away from it. And I just let Joe Pistorisi do all the artwork now. Oh yeah, he is <laughs> stupid talented. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, but yeah, fi- fine art is pretty. I was mad I hadn't come up with that first. <laughs> your teammates do seem to love saying your name. I will notice. Yeah, they Sa- call me. Save it art. Yeah, save it art. I hear that probably more than two million times a year. It's, I already know I'm going to hear it when I, right when I get to Arizona. The first person that sees me, it's not like. 
hey, what's up, bro? How you been? It's always like, save it, Art. <laughs> it's like I didn't even say a word, and I'm well, getting told is to that, save it. Is that just because you talk a lot, or what? Yeah, I'm always talking. I'm always giving guys a hard time, <laughs> so I guess I deserve it. <laughs> All right, well, I think, I think we'll roll forward with fine art. I see a lot of Photoshops in your future with picture frames and whatnot. So. Nice. Wait, wait, wait until Mariner's Nation gets a hold of it. Yeah. <laughs> We, we, we love our goofy, goofy photoshops. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much. Give us one more plug for following you on social media because anyone who's listened to this obviously knows what a delight you are. It is equally so on social media. Where can the people find you? So on Twitter, it's Arthur underscore Warren. It's the same handle on Instagram. And then on Snapchat, it's just Art Warren altogether. No underscores in that one. So, um, that's that's my Twitter handle and Instagram handle Arthur underscore Warren. Uh, thank you, John and Kate. I appreciate you guys having me on. That was oh, fun. Of course, that's no cool. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much. All right, yeah. so that is it for next this week, and we will talk to you next week. Alrighty. Get a little misguided with a spotlight, put me in the spotlight. Trust no one that put you in the